Good evening, my dear friends and curious souls. Welcome to Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast. My name, you may wonder. Just think of me as your old grandpa, spinning tales from a time long gone, and some from not-so-distant past. In my younger days, my grandkids would crowd around me, their eyes wide in anticipation or fear, eager for the evening's gruesome tales. Now I extend this tradition, this gift, to you. So pull up a chair, stoke that fireside, and let the shadows dance on every corner of the room. Let's journey together into the heart of darkness, where we unmask the unseen, discover forbidden secrets, and unburden the forgotten tales of the past. So dim the lights, my friends, and let's delve into the mysteries that emerge only after dark on our wonderful, unnerving journey. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, About four years ago, I found myself on an unexpected journey, visiting a close friend's newly acquired house in Lewistown, MT. The house had only been in their possession for a fortnight when I visited. It was a formidable-looking three-story house, perched ominously on a steep hill. Just gazing at it could give anyone the shivers. It had an eerie aura about it. But the disquieting atmosphere of the house was not unearned. The previous winter, a tragic incident had unfolded behind the house. A child, innocently sledding in the alleyway, met an untimely death. This ominous history seemed to hang heavy in the air around the house, adding to its unshakable creepiness. I was only 15 at the time, young and eager for adventure. On the night of my visit, our parents decided to enjoy an evening out, leaving my friend, his brother, and me alone in the house. We were all upstairs, distracted by the television, when my friend decided to hang up a new poster he had just purchased. As a point of interest, I had the same poster in my own collection and was familiar with its every detail. As he hung the poster, we went back to our television program. But after a mere five minutes, we turned back towards the poster and a chilling sight awaited us. Where before there was only the familiar image of the poster, now a face the size of a small plate was glaring back at us, drawn with black ink. We rushed to examine this anomaly. The youngest among us, my friend's little brother, braved a touch and exclaimed that the ink was still wet. As we studied it, the ink started to bleed from the eyes of the face, trickling down the poster and staining the wall. That was when we noticed the ink was actually seeping out of the wall itself. A chill ran down our spines, and we fled the house, leaving the television behind, which, to our terror, started to flip through channels on its own. We vowed not to return until our parents were back. The family moved out just one month later. The grim discovery we made after the incident still haunts me to this day. Behind the wall where the ink bled was my friend's little brother's closet. In this closet was a crawl space, and etched into its sides were scratch marks, as if made by desperate human fingers. I am not one to be easily frightened, but this experience was different. Even now, as I tell this story, I can feel a cold shiver running down my spine, my eyes welling up with tears. This never happens unless I am genuinely unnerved. It was an experience that touched me deeply, reminding me that there are unexplainable mysteries lurking in the shadows. 
I felt compelled to share this chilling tale with you as a testament to the inexplicable and mysterious. It's a reminder that sometimes the most ordinary objects and places can become subjects of intrigue and fear. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, It was about three years ago when my life took a peculiar turn. The setting was sunny California, a stark contrast to my former home in Alabama. This transition mandated that I also change schools. One evening, my mother spread out the newspaper before me, guiding me through possible schools to attend. One of them came with a fascinatingly eerie tale, a haunted bus. My young adventurous spirit was intrigued and I found myself welcoming the challenge. The very next day marked my first foray into this new world. Taking my first step onto the bus that morning, I was greeted by the bus driver. She guided me to the last row on the far end, telling me that was my designated seat. But what happened next was quite unexpected. An old friend from my previous school was on the same bus. He turned around, his face solemn, and advised me to request a different seat. His reason was chilling. Apparently, our seat harbored an ominous past. He claimed that back in 1896, an elderly member of the KKK had murdered a young girl on that very seat. I dismissed his tale, brushing it off as an attempt to scare the new kid. However, that afternoon, dismissed as just the product of an overactive imagination. She assured me that it was the ghostly tale seeping into my thoughts and suggested that I should stop thinking about it. Despite trying to heed my mother's advice, the following morning brought even more unexplainable events. As I sat down on that same bus seat, I glanced out the window. There she was again, the little girl, this time brandishing a firearm. She was mouthing something, her lips moving in a silent whisper. Terrified, I decided never to return to that school again. This story, dear listeners, is a chilling reminder of how sometimes the bravest decision is to walk away. It illustrates that confronting our fears isn't always the answer, and sometimes it's better to seek a different path. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, Let me take you on a trip down memory lane, back to a time when I was just a teenager, hanging out at my friend Rachel's home. Her house sat eerily close to a local cemetery, a place we frequently dared ourselves to explore. One such day, we found ourselves weaving through the gravestones, our footsteps resonating against the tombstones. Suddenly, Rachel froze in her tracks her fingers shaking as she pointed towards a particular grave. There, in the quiet of the afternoon, stood an elderly lady, her back hunched over a tombstone. I shrugged it off, initially not seeing what had startled Rachel. Look at her feet, Rachel urged, her voice barely a whisper. I squinted and my blood turned ice cold. The lady wasn't standing. She was floating. The sight was spine-chilling. We exchanged a glance of sheer terror before our eyes were drawn back towards the ghostly figure. 
I gasped as she gradually started to fade away, her horrifying face the last thing to disappear. Her face was marred by scars and burns, one eye sealed shut, and a chilling smile adorned with gapped teeth. It was a sight that would haunt our nightmares for years to come. We were paralyzed with fear, rooted to the spot like petrified trees. But as the spectral lady drifted closer, passing through me as if I were a shadow, terror took over. I clutched Rachel's hand and we bolted, not daring to look back till we were safely within the confines of her home. We relayed our encounter to Rachel's disbelieving mother, our breaths ragged and hearts pounding. I spent a restless night in her guest room, the old lady's horrifying image haunting my every attempt to sleep. Dawn had broken by the time I finally succumbed to exhaustion. Fast forward four years, the memory of that day still sends chills down our spine. I've tried to shake the feeling, even consulting with a psychologist who insists it was a figment of my overactive imagination. I was close to accepting this explanation until I saw her again, standing in the corner of my room. Now cemeteries send a shiver of dread coursing through my veins, and I find myself unable to look at elderly ladies without being reminded of the haunting apparition. Even my relationship with my grandmother has changed. She thinks I've grown strange. Even as I try to forget, the memory remains as vivid as ever, a chilling reminder of the day my friend and I came face to face with the supernatural. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, let me share with you today a tale that takes us back to my childhood. This story is about a spectral apparition that my mother named Elizabeth, a little girl who perished in a shipwreck many years ago. This might give you chills, but Elizabeth resided in our house. Imagine walking down the hallway at night, only to see a shadowy figure reflected in the mirror. That was Elizabeth. She claimed that her journey was to partake in the gold rush, a journey she never completed due to the unfortunate demise. One phrase she often muttered was, visit me, which sent shivers down my spine every single time. An incident that still brings goosebumps involves a playful yet unsettling encounter with Elizabeth. Out of nowhere, a pillow whacked my head, seemingly in a playful spirit, but it was enough to alarm my mother. Filled with concern and fear, she summoned a priest to our home. I still remember the day the priest arrived. He uttered strange incantations and prayers, drawing out a heart-wrenching scream from Elizabeth. The sound was so terrible it brought me to tears. Yet my mother comforted me as only a mother can, saying, Elizabeth will be happy now. Despite the heavy spiritual cleansing, Elizabeth never really left. She just transitioned into my dreams, making regular appearances and even brought messages of affirmation. Once she told me Jesus was proud of me, a message that brought a smile to my face. Overwhelmed with emotion, I asked her to communicate a message to my deceased father. Simple words, deep in meaning, I love you. Her affirmative response was all I needed. As we embraced in a spectral hug, I felt tears of joy streaming down my face, a remarkable mixture of sorrow, relief, and joy. 
So for all your listeners out there who relish the mysterious and the unexplained, I offer you the tale of Elizabeth, the friendly spirit, a constant yet comforting presence throughout my childhood. Let her story serve as a reminder that not all things that go bump in the night are to be feared. Sometimes, they are just lost souls trying to find their way, seeking solace and company in the living. Until the next tale, dear podcast, remember to keep your minds open and your hearts accepting. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, Allow me to share a story that continues to baffle me. My father was an independent truck driver for over four decades. We had a bond, my dad, my grandma Vada and I, a near telepathic understanding of each other's thoughts. We were akin, as I like to say. Fast forward to 2010 and an incident that shattered my life. My dad fell from his truck, broke his neck, and was left paralyzed for half a year. He passed away on the 31st of March, 2011, leaving a void in my life that was impossible to fill. Then, a few months later, a dream unlike any other invaded my sleep. Picture this, I'm in a garden, a riot of colors, alive with enchanting fragrances. It was so real, the scent of diesel and cigarettes, unmistakably my father's, lingered in the air. There he was, my dad, sitting just a few feet away from me. Our eyes met, and without uttering a word, he conveyed, Carrie, I love you. I woke up then, in tears, shaken, yet comforted. Here's where things take a turn. The next evening, I was with my friend Jerry. A sudden, overwhelming urge compelled me to tell her to visit her father in Oklahoma. She had just lost him the very next day. More so, once at a friend's house, everyone went downstairs to play pool. I was compelled to stay alone upstairs. Soon, a man I didn't particularly like arrived, followed by his driver, a stranger. As soon as I saw this man, I blurted out, You look like you just saw a ghost. He bolted, only to return two weeks later to my house. He revealed that before they had arrived at my friend's place, a stranger had confronted Roger, let's call the man I dislike that, with details of a murder Roger was involved with years ago. The stranger claimed to be the reincarnation of the murder victim. All this seemed too surreal, too crazy to be my reality. However, a turning point came a month later. I was on the brink of ending my own life when an overpowering urge made me put down my father's 38 Special and pick up his old 12-string Eco Ranger. The guitar became my solace, and I learned to play it in just four months. An Indian friend explained that my father and I had a spiritual connection, and his passing had thinned the veil for me. It's a belief that I hold on to, even today. That's my story, a tale of loss, connections, and mysterious encounters. I hope it intrigues your listeners as much as it continues to puzzle me. Till we meet again in another tale, this is Carrie, signing off. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, In my youthful days, 
I was captivated by the supernatural world, a fascination that my grandmother keenly recognized. For my high school graduation, she decided to fuel my curiosity by booking a stay at a purportedly haunted bed and breakfast nestled in the serene outskirts of Asheville, North Carolina. The B&B, beautifully ensconced within a restored Victorian house, had once been a doctor's residence. The current proprietors took us on a tour, pointing out a peculiar sight, a small chamber at the rear of the house, its floor marred with stubborn bloodstains. They narrated how the room served as the doctor's operating area, and despite their best attempts, the stains simply refused to fade away. I remember querying them about any recent spectral encounters, to which they responded negatively. Following morning, as my grandma and I descended for breakfast, one of the owners greeted us with an intriguing statement, you must have woken them up. He narrated how upon commencing the day's breakfast preparation, he heard someone descending the stairs and uttering a hello, only to find nobody upon turning around. During the late hours of the same night, while I was teetering on the edge of sleep, I heard laughter echoing from the hallway. An initial dismissal of the sound abruptly transformed into cold fear when I realized that the only other occupants of the house, a couple, were comfortably asleep upstairs and the owners resided in a separate cottage at the back. The realization of a potentially non-human source of the laughter was bone-chilling. However, the more I paid attention, the more the laughter seemed friendly, almost playful, rather than ominous. It eventually ceased, allowing me to sleep fitfully. On our final day, an early riser as always, my grandma decided to shower while I continued to snooze. Midway through adjusting the water flow, she experienced a playful snap of a towel across her back. Assuming it was me, she stepped out to reprimand me, only to find me deep in sleep. Reflecting back, the entire experience was more intriguing than terrifying. I was left with an impression of friendly spirits occupying the Victorian house, adding a hint of mischief and mystery to it. I have encountered other spectral beings since, but none of them have been malevolent, and I fervently hope it remains this way. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, Let me take you back to when I was a 10-year-old living in my grandmother's house with my parents and older brother. My grandmother presented me with a pair of dolls, one named Dolly, an interactive doll that could walk and talk, and the other, a simple porcelain doll which I named Doll. Dolly was my constant companion, until one day her voice box started to malfunction. Terrified, I remember running to my brother in tears thinking Dolly was dead. But he assured me that it was just the batteries that needed replacing. Relief washed over me, but not for long. Later, while hosting a pretend tea party with both Dolly and Doll, Dolly fell and began uttering unintelligible sounds. I was petrified, but my brother dismissed my fears, knocking Dolly's head to apparently fix her. From that day forward, I felt a strange unease around Dolly preferring the company of Doll. Then one day, I heard a girl's voice whisper, He hurt me. 
I quickly realized that the voice was coming from Dolly. The shock and fear made me scream, alerting my brother who suggested I get some fresh air. He took me out to catch turtles, which I added to my collection when we got home. That's when I heard Dolly's ominous command to kill my turtles. Threatening to harm Doll if I didn't comply, I felt I had no choice but to stash Dolly away in a trunk, weighed down by toys and books. After a tearful dinner with my brother, I returned to my room to find my worst nightmare had come to life. Dolly had freed herself from the trunk and was sprawled on my bed. Doll lay smashed on the floor and my Barbie dolls were decapitated. My parents were skeptical when I recounted my horrific ordeal. But my father saw my terror and immediately decided to take Dolly to the dump. We moved several times after that, and each time my father mentioned Dolly, it would send shivers down my spine. Fast forward to last year, when I stumbled upon Dolly in an old box. My dad confessed that he thought I would eventually want her back. Deciding to give Dolly a second chance, I placed her in the guest room next to some books, convincing myself that my childhood fears were the result of an overactive imagination. But when my six-year-old niece, who was sleeping in the guest room, informed me that Dolly had threatened her life, my blood ran cold. I couldn't believe what I was hearing, especially since I never mentioned Dolly's name to my niece. Realizing the danger of keeping Dolly around, I immediately grabbed her and tossed her into the burn pit outside, dousing her with lighter fluid before setting her alight. As the flames engulfed Dolly, both my niece and I swear we heard screams coming from the fire. The eerie memory of Dolly still lingers, a chilling reminder of the terror we endured. Thank you for letting me share, dear listeners. Remember, not all dolls are toys. Some, like Dolly, have the power to turn a child's innocent playtime into a living nightmare. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, I want to share with you a series of disturbing events that occurred at my unnervingly eerie high school, a place notorious for its spectral inhabitants. We've got our own set of phantoms, a little girl and a man shrouded in a black coat, the kind you'd see in an X-Files episode. You see, I've always treaded lightly around the supernatural. A previous encounter with a character named Dolly, you'd find her in another tale I shared, drove me to navigate clear of such things. But as we all know, you can't always choose your path in life. One day, I was on my way to class from the nurse's office when I heard the sorrowful sobs of a girl pleading for help. Intrigued, I followed the sound into a bathroom where I found a girl huddled in a corner. She was adorned in a vintage dress, her blonde hair fashioned into braided pigtails. I approached her, asking what was wrong, but she didn't acknowledge my presence. Suddenly, she collapsed. Panicked. I immediately texted my friend Nina, Help! in the upstairs bathroom. I checked the girl's pulse, which was thankfully still there. As Nina rushed into the bathroom, I instructed her to fetch the nurse while I prepared to perform CPR. But when I turned back, the girl had vanished. We ran back to class visibly shaken. When our teacher noticed our pallor, he jokingly asked if we'd seen a ghost, to which Nina blurted out, We did. Our teacher, 
a bit taken aback, inquired, was it the girl or the guy? A few weeks later, I was waiting for my boyfriend to finish detention. To kill time, I decided to stroll around school, checking if any doors had been left unlocked. I tried the door of my drama class with no success, but as I walked away, the stubborn door swung open. I shrugged it off, attributing it to my lack of strength. While inside, I made myself busy, modifying some of my grades, a secret between us. Suddenly, I felt an unsettling gaze and turned to find an elderly man in a lengthy black trench coat staring at me. His eyes, black and narrow, instilled a fear in me that still haunts my dreams. When my boyfriend entered the room, the old man continued to stare at us, and just as abruptly as he'd appeared, he vanished, leaving us in a state of shock and disbelief. I find myself increasingly troubled by these incidents. They've left me hesitant to share my experiences out of fear, but I believe it's important to shed light on them. Maybe, just maybe, your listeners can help me make sense of these terrifying occurrences. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, Most seasoned listeners will be familiar with my voice, my methods, and my nature. It's no secret that I'm not one to indulge in wild imaginings, and I'm known to be a fairly down-to-earth individual. I'm known to lend my counsel freely, never laced with malice or judgment. It's also common knowledge that I've had a few intense disagreements with a certain individual within our community, a name I'll not mention. This individual seems to harbor a deep-seated resentment towards me, a feeling I've never reciprocated. However, following the chilling events of May 14, 2007, my feelings towards them have taken a darker turn. That night I was accosted by a malevolent entity of impenetrable darkness and revulsion. I'm at a loss for words to accurately describe this being, save for its form, which resembled the darkest mist imaginable. Against rational thought, something inside me insisted I shouldn't fear it, that my fear would only fuel its power. This abhorrent creature made a vile attempt to invade my being not once, but twice. The experience was nauseating, leaving me feeling violated and sullied. Its presence sent my heart racing and my stomach twisting. Yet curiously, I heard no voices. I saw no lights. I was immersed in a void, a deafening silence and blinding darkness. Whether by its design or by my own focused efforts to repel it, I can't say. Fortunately, I was able to fight off this entity, banishing it back to its origins with the protective light of the one encompassing me. I sincerely hope that it remains banished. In the aftermath, I felt a surge of joy and peace, a feeling that lingered and is faintly recalled every time I remember the end of that encounter. The true purpose of the attack remains elusive. Was it aimed at frightening me, altering my beliefs, or claiming my soul? I can't be certain. However, one thing was clear in the moment of the attack, an instinctive knowledge that pointed to its source. It was sent by the individual I mentioned before. This wasn't a case of sleep paralysis or hallucination. It happened just as I turned off the light, even before I had the chance to close my eyes. I was sober, had not indulged in any intoxicating substances. 
In my experience, I have had encounters with spirits, witnessed phenomena that would send the average person reeling in terror, but never before had I come face to face with a personal attack of this nature. It's an experience I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. You may wonder why I held off on sharing this incident. I saw it fit to let things settle, let normalcy reign before breaking my silence. I'm aware this revelation will ignite a flurry of reactions, some supportive, others not. Yet I felt compelled to share it, to free it from the confining corners of my mind. May peace, love, and luck be with you all. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, allow me to set the stage for you. It was the winter break, school was out, and I found myself engrossed in a baffling enigma revolving around an unusual woman I encountered at a hotel in Mauritius. My family and I were nestled comfortably in the hotel's embracing warmth for roughly four days. One day, while my parents and brother were soaking up the sun at a nearby beach, I found myself alone with my thoughts and a pen crafting a letter to a cherished friend. Out of nowhere, the tranquility of my solitude was shattered by an eerie melody echoing from the neighboring room. Intrigued and slightly annoyed, I decided to investigate. Upon knocking on the adjoining door, an elderly woman emerged from the dimly lit room. Her face was etched with a labyrinth of wrinkles, her gaze ringed with abyss-like dark circles, and her eyes blazed an intense, haunting blue. She looked peculiar, to say the least. Politely, I requested her to lower the volume of her music, to which she gave a curt nod and a strangely pitched okay. However, no sooner had I resumed my letter writing than the same spectral music resumed, this time louder. Twice more, I confronted the old lady, each time met by the same odd response and the sound of her door shutting softly. But the third time, when the cacophonous music was unbearably loud, her door remained shut. Driven by curiosity, I peered through the keyhole and was met by an unsettling view. Everything inside was tinted blue, as if I was peering through her own blue eyes. Frightened, I dashed to the reception desk and recounted my experience to the gentleman on duty. His response sent chills down my spine. He admitted that a blue-eyed old lady had indeed once lived in the hotel but she had passed away around three years prior to our stay. To this day, the mystery of the blue-eyed lady remains unsolved, an enigma occupying a corner of my mind. What truly happened that day? Was I in the presence of a ghost? We may never know for certain. Until then, it remains an unsolved mystery, perfect for your listeners to ponder over late into the night. Until next time, dear podcast, May your airwaves remain filled with intrigue and curiosity. Well, my dear friends, we've reached the end of yet another winding path. As the evening knits the night, drawing its comforting darkness around us, we must part ways, for now. You've traveled with me through unsettling alleyways of thought, and I hope our journey together has both enthralled and enchanted you. 
like a spider's web capturing the moonlight in its delicate dew-drenched threads. Until we meet again beneath the gossamer glow of the next moon, I urge you to keep your hearts open, your minds sharp, and your spirits daring. Remember, no star is ever out of reach, and no mystery is ever too daunting to seek. This is your humble grandpa, turning the last page of our ebon-bound book for now. May your dreams be wistful, my friends. Farewell from Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast, and tread softly into the night.